Yeah, big nasty Hall of Fame Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, baby. This is Mike Allstott, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and you're listening to the Cannon Fire Podcast. Cannon Fire Podcast, brother. You ain't listening, and you're missing out. This is Rhett from the Cannon Fire Podcast, and I am so excited to tell you guys about our newest sponsor, the East Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are a Florida nonprofit organization sponsoring youth cheerleading for ages 5 to 15 and full contact football teams for ages 5 to 14. Right now, registration is open and teams are looking for athletes and cheer coaches. Register now, but hurry, teams are filling up fast. Climb aboard and join the crew. Fire the cannons and go Bucks. But this is a great group. I think we have the core here to win quickly. I'm not about building. I'm about reloading. And uh, with that, I can't say how, again, how excited I am to be a Tampa Bay Buck. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the newest edition of the Cannon Fire podcast. Posted on BucksReport.com. Welcome back to the show today for episode 59. We have got a great show lined up for you. And uh, first and foremost, I don't know if we need to apologize or what the deal is, but I'm sure you guys hear this on the show all the time. News has been slow lately. Uh, There hasn't been a whole lot going on with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the news front. So frankly, there isn't a whole lot for us to talk about. Of course, there's the discussion of end of things, which... We'll get into today. We've got some interesting topics for you. But news has been slow. And uh, at this point, ladies and gentlemen, all we got to do is bear it. These guys are practicing. They're back in the building. Haven't entirely put the pads on yet, as far as I know. But we're getting there. Things will pick up. And as soon as they do, we'll be making sure we're on top of all of that great Bucks content for each and every one of you. But welcome back to the show. If you're new around here, I am your host, Rhett. Joined alongside me, as always, my good buddy and co-host, Mr. Bucks Football, Evan. Evan, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm hanging in there. Like I said, things have been pretty slow with the Bucks. Uh, there hasn't been a whole lot going on news-wise, you know. I think ever since the Sioux signing, things have really kind of slowed down. The team has taken this time to really get itself prepared for the season. We're not going to see, you know, aside from the occasional coach's comment here and there, I don't think we're going to see a whole different side of this team that we haven't already seen until they, you know, put the pads on and get ready for preseason and see how that translates onto the field. Anyways, I'm rambling here. So let's get into the little bit of Bucks news that we have for you guys today. If you have not seen Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans had his contract restructured again, they did it twice. So the most recent move that happened yesterday created $3.2 million of 2019 cap space. Uh, I'm thinking the rest of that money will go towards signing the rest of the draft class. I mean, you know, you kind of look at free agents. I think that ship has sailed on bringing somebody else in. Right now, every bit of money you have is going to go towards signing that draft class. Um, what's the number, Evan? Is it like it's like seven, eight-ish? I, I think last time I checked, they were at four and this say 3.2 so i think they're around it's around they're around seven so they had two draft picks left to sign jamel dean and devin white so obviously devin white's the big one devin white is the one that you're going to need the most cap for uh dean dean you might need you know uh, maybe a million for and devin white you 
probably need around three million. So they'll probably have two or three million left over that if they choose to sign somebody, uh, they probably could. Yeah, and and what I take away from this as well, Mike Evans. Quite frankly, we're lucky to have the guy uh, because this to me, this is championship mentality stuff. Like, if you want to build a championship team, if you want to build a winning culture, which is said so many times down here in Tampa, uh, the first thing that starts with is, like, a winning attitude. And I think being a team player and, and being willing to, you know, at the end of the year, this is still a guy who's owed $20 million. Bucks are going to have to find a way to get that to him. But for him to be so accepting is to not only restructure his contract once but twice and be the best player on the team, uh... I think we're really, really lucky to have a guy like Mike Evans. I like what he's doing out there. Well, I mean, it's something that Jason Light hasn't really done much of um, before this year. I don't really believe he's done much restructuring a contract because he doesn't really like to do that. Um, the other thing he doesn't like to do is now restructuring is different from taking a pay cut, right? right. Restructuring is Mike Evans is still going to get all of his money. It's just in a different form. So, and it's going to be at different times. A pay cut is a pay cut, which is like Bo Allen. Bo Allen took a pay cut. That, that wasn't a restructuring. That was a pay cut. Um, he took a million-dollar pay cut. And in return, the Bucks got rid of one year off his deal. So now he, he's a free agent this year instead of next year. So um, Jason Light typically doesn't like to do that, and especially with pay cuts, because he says that his belief is he doesn't want a player – to not be motivated because he's making less money. And I know some fans are going to say, well, that's dumb, but every GM has their own philosophy on things, and that's that's his uh, on pay cuts. So that's why everybody says, oh, Brady can take a pay cut, this guy can take a pay cut. Yeah, but Jason Light typically won't ask them to do that. Um, yeah, now I some... think this is this is the first offseason in a while we've started to see stuff like that where uh, money has moved around in just a much well, different way than we're used to. Because, it's because this is the first offseason they haven't had money. So, oh, yeah. Uh, this is the first offseason in Light's tenure where they probably haven't had at least, I think they've had at least like $35 million each offseason. So money has never been a problem. Um, and credit Jason Light for drafting well because drafting well is, is – you know, it's starting to catch up. You know, you sign Mike Evans, you sign Ali Marpet, you sign Donald Smith. Um, you give Jameis Winston a fifth-year option. So that, that in turn, is going to end up hurting you in the long run. They couldn't keep Juan Alexander. They couldn't keep Adam Humphreys. Um, and now, you know, they couldn't keep Jerry McCoy, obviously. So um, they replaced McCoy with a, a very good player, but it's starting to catch up now. And next offseason, they're going to have a little bit more money, but the the more the better Jason Light keeps drafting, the less money they're gonna have. Now, this next offseason they might have some money because and it's sort of an unfortunate part, they might have some money because the twenty sixteen draft class is due for contracts. And yeah. the twenty sixteen draft class has been extremely disappointing. Uh Roberto Guayo isn't even on the team now. Caleb Bannock's not likely to come back. If he does, it'll be a, a very little deal. Um Noah Spence a big prove it year. If he doesn't, if he doesn't do well, he could not be back. Same. Well, I mean, the Bucks picked up Vernon Harper's fifth year option, but that does not mean that he can't be cut. Um, and I, I was going to ask you too. You had brought up, you know, kind of looking at the money situation and the free agency situation, especially with contract time coming up. This time next offseason, I believe Jameis Winston is owed money. 
Mike Evans will be owed money. Those are two of your biggest contracts on the team. So just how different do you think this team will be after next season or next well, offseason? It all, it all depends on how James Winston does because if he performs well, he's going to get a big five extension. And if he doesn't, they're going to be looking for a new quarterback. So that that really depends. And in a lot of people, I see a lot of people, well, that'll wipe out a lot of their money. Yes and no because – Yes, the the cap hit might be it might say that Jameis Winston's making thirty one million dollars or whatever each year. Not not this year. This year he's making around twenty twenty one. But um, next year, if he signs a new deal, it might be like thirty one million a year. That's not exact. So it's the Bucks project have like sixty million. So that's not minus thirty one. Like it's a big it's a big chunk, but it's not completely minus thirty one. Oh yeah. Uh, I believe it's a certain percentage of, of the actual cap hit rather than the, the what he's being paid yearly. So, um, yeah, but the Bucks have Jameis Winston. They have Noah Spence, um, DeMar Dotson, I believe. They now have Bo Allen, and they signed every free agent that they signed was pretty much a one-year deal. So if any of those guys perform, um, they might have to look at giving them new contracts. And Carl Nassib, if he performs, he's a free agent after this year. So, you got to get him a new contract, so we'll see what happens. Um, I do think that the Bucks are going to—they're going to co- go into the next offseason with a little bit more money, even if they re-sign. Let's say they re-sign Winston, they re-sign Dotson, Nassib, and somebody else, and Spence, let's say, and they keep Hargraves. They'll still walk into free agency with twenty-one, twenty-two million dollars or so, probably. Um, I'm not saying they're going to spend it all, but they'll have a little bit more wiggle room. So yeah. Don't expect people like to do this often with the restructuring and the pay cuts, but this year especially, just it had to be done, and um, it's a good thing that he recognized that because uh, I this route is much better than getting rid of a guy like Cam Brate, um, getting rid of a guy like Demar Dotson. Uh, this this way is much better than getting rid of those guys. It's, yeah, it's and one of the one of. Yeah, and one of the things that I had said, I think, you know, weeks and weeks ago before free agency had really kicked off, um, was just the idea that the Bucks were working with not a whole lot of money. So they're going to have to do stuff that they wouldn't normally do uh, to make some of these things happen. Uh, I'll, I'll jump into those one-year deals you had brought up in a second. But another thing, too, I had brought up Cameron Braid being shipped off in like a package deal. Yeah. And, I mean, it, to kind of avoid a situation like that is great because you and I both know, and I'm sure everyone listening, Cam Brate is a great talent, and you don't really want to lose him in that fashion. Sorry, yeah. what were you saying? No, it's fine. One, the, one of the biggest things next offseason is going to be what happens with Jason Pierre-Paul. Because yeah. they can get out of it and save about $14 million or so, and who knows? That could lead to a lot of cap space. So we'll see what happens here. Um, but you said – Excuse me. Like you said, though, in any other offseason, they probably wouldn't consider trading Bray. I mean, Light found Bray off the street. They gave him a big extension. They love him behind Howard. They love him as a two tight end set. I mean, he's one of Winston's favorite red zone targets. But at the time, I'm sure, I'm sure there were teams calling the Bucks about Cameron Bray. You know? Oh yeah, no doubt. I'm sure there was team calling the Bucks about Cameron Bray. I'm sure there was teams calling the Bucks about um, maybe. Maybe a guy like Demar Dotson, maybe. Think, may, think um, maybe Ali Marpet. Well, uh, I guess not. He just got that big deal. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think so. Just because I think that people saw that the Bucks were in a cap crunch and that they thought maybe they could be the way Cameron Brate is on the depth chart. I mean, Ali Marpet's their starting guard, so yeah. Uh, so 
the way Cameron Bright did on the depth chart, maybe. Um, but I bet you there was probably two or three teams that might have made calls to the Buccaneers uh, about Cameron Bray. Um, same thing with maybe a guy like Vernon Hargraves. Maybe if, you know, new coaching staff comes in, maybe they didn't necessarily believe in, or wondering if they believe in Vernon Hargraves. It's a possibility. Um, and one, one more free agent before we get off this topic. Um, Peyton Barber is a big one next year. And, um, I've speculated, and now uh, I believe Rendax on Twitter, uh, the Pewtercast, he, he speculated that Peyton Barber's not going to be uh, a Buccaneer in, in 2020. And it makes a lot of sense because the Bucks wanted to sign him to a three-year contract. He said, no, I'll, I'll take the one-year deal. I'll take the tender. So he's betting on himself to do well and to be able to cash in. And for the Bucks, they're hoping that Ronald Jones can step up enough and show enough to where they don't need to, to re-sign Peyton Barber for $8 million a year. Yeah. Uh, so that's what they're hoping. It's nice to have Barber now, but Barber's a luxury, and if, if he has another productive season, he may price himself out of Tampa Bay. Yeah, and, and we've said it before, you know, Peyton Barber has kind of built an identity as a running back that I want to say he didn't have two years ago. Uh, so yeah. I truly believe that if he does well this season, he's a guy that can go into free agency, get paid well, and end up with a big contract somewhere else like we've seen with some former Bucks. Uh, but again, going back to that one-year thing, I like to think of this year, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Bruce Arians' first year as head coach, the team that lays the groundwork for what the Bucks are going to look like next year to take a step from this year, Bruce's first year, figure out the guys that they want, that they need, that the guys are, are going to be sticking around, the Carl Nassibs, the Bo Allens, the, you know, potentially Peyton Barber, if you really want to go that far, but we got to start looking at some of the guys we might be willing to sacrifice to take a next step with this team, and I think that's what the 2019 Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to do. We had talked about Jameis Winston for a little bit and the money that he's going to be owed if he plays well. Uh, there was a story that came out recently, and I want to get your take on it. We'll go over it here. A collaborative article between Pro Football Talk and Pro Football Focus was published detailing the importance of sports data in today's world. Now, all of you stat junkies know PFF is, it's got a weird grading system. Some people call it opinion. Some people call it stats. Uh, at the end of the day, I think there really aren't a lot of people better at grading football than the guys at PFF. But that's just my take. I don't know how you feel about it. But anyways, surprisingly, in this article, a decent amount of bucks were mentioned. Uh, and one in particular bit from George Chirori, a data scientist at PFF, he goes into a list of 10 things that PFF Data Science believes will happen this upcoming season. Winston was mentioned at number six. Uh, this is what they said. They said, we think Jameis Winston will challenge for the passing yardage title in 2019. Last year, he trailed only Josh Allen in average depth of target. These throws put Winston in a position to do great things at times. He was second among quarterbacks in the percentage of throws we grade as positive. As well as bad things, he was 21st in limiting negatively graded throws. But new Buccaneers head coach Bruce Arians has a track record of succeeding with high-variance quarterbacks like Jameis Winston. In 2015, Carson Palmer had an MVP caliber season under Arians, posting roughly the same average depth of target as Winston in 2018 and leading the league in percentage of positively graded throws. 
with Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and O.J. Howard, a very capable trio of pass catchers. Look for Winston to either make good on his 2015 draft position or give the Bucks no other option but to find his replacement the following year. This is what we've been saying. If Jameis has a good year, then I think he deserves to get paid. We've seen the talent from him. He has everything around him to make it happen. Right now, I just think it's up to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, it's a big thing for Jameis. Um, did, I, haven't, I haven't seen that article myself. Uh, I'm not the, the biggest pro football focus fan. Uh, I believe a lot of the things are just sort of guessing. Um, I mean, I know there's a lot of people like yourself out there that, that like it, and I understand why, you know. I mean, it is informative data, but I feel like a lot of their overall grades just don't really make a lot of sense to me. No, I get, uh, I get you on that front. There's a different – like, there's different categories to the grades of how they grade out who's better than who that – doesn't exactly make sense. Um, yeah. But in this instance, I can kind of see the stats that they're bringing up, and, and I like it. I like to hear that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the interesting thing is the, the the one stat comparing Winston and Carson Palmer, and Winston basically having the same, like, stat or data, I guess you could say. As I think it's, Paul- like, consistently positive. Yeah. Yeah, the, those, and the, the air thing or whatever, and... Um, that that's the interesting part, and a lot of people have said uh, that you know, I. A lot of people have said that Winston. I mean, what was he twenty first in in uh, most dangerous or something like that? What was it? Twenty uh, first in limiting negatively graded throws. Okay, so a lot of people have said you know Jameis will flash and then he'll do a boneheaded play, and that's. That's the biggest thing. Um, and a lot of people are saying James Winston could be in for a big year because of Bruce Arians. Uh, you know, Carson Palmer, Andrew Luck, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton Manning. I know Ben Roethlisberger and Peyton Manning are likely Hall of Famers, and that's a whole different story. But all these guys were sort of at the beginning of their careers. It's not like they were already established. Carson Palmer was established. Andrew Luck, it was his rookie season. Pete Manning, I believe it was either his rookie season or like his first or second. Uh, I think it I was mean, like his first two or three years. And and Ben Roethlisberger, it was like his first three years. So, um, I mean, they're not like already established quarterbacks, really. So I do think Arian, excuse me, I do think Arians could have success. Um, Jordan Reed on, on Twitter is is a guy who I, I respect and, and like a lot. Um, he, he's a draft analyst for the Draft Network. He does a lot of draft work, and he also says he, he puts a lot of like NFL opinions out there. He, he tweeted uh, out, I believe, yesterday, and he said, what is your one bold NFL prediction for the NFL season? And a lot of people were saying it, and somebody asked him his, and he said he believed that Jameis Winston is going to have – he's a Vikings fan, so but he said that he believes that Jameis Winston is going to have a career year because – a big reason why is because the talent's there and, and Bruce Arians. So um, if that happens, this Bucks team should be able to make the playoffs. If it doesn't, they'll win three games. So, I mean, we want to talk about, you know, uh, Dominican Sue and, you know, uh, Vita Vea and the, the secondary and Devin White and Levante David. Oh, my God. O.J. Howard, how are you going to stop them? If, if Jameis Winston doesn't play well, they're not going to win many football games. That's just the way the NFL goes. Um, so it's a huge year. Uh, it's a huge year for a lot of Buccaneers, but 
it's the biggest year for out of anybody for James Winston because quarterback is the most important position you can have um, on a football team. So that if that article says anything, it should uh, have Bucks fans optimistic. But you know, I, I would take a wait and see approach. You know, and even in the preseason, if he looks good, that's great. But he looked good the last two preseasons, and then his seasons have been kind of underwhelming. So yeah. We'll see. Well, you know, I, I think when we look at the mistakes that Jameis makes, the first thing that comes to mind is the Cincinnati game from last year. That was um, probably that, that was an exception. That was just one of the worst games ever. I he's been bad in games. That was the worst. Game. I think that was probably the worst game of his career. Uh, yeah. One interception in particular. I want to say he threw it to Vontez. Perfect. Um, I feel like he just forgotten how to play football. He rolled out, looked around, looked directly at the linebacker, and tossed it straight to him. Well, so, the thing was that the, when you look on the film, it appeared that he kind of slipped because the 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 biggest problem with Winston is his footing. That that's one of the biggest issues with his mechanics. Yeah, he does get excited. So what happened was when he was rolling out, he went back and. He sort of went on his back foot, and his back foot kind of slipped, so he just threw it. Now, if his back foot wouldn't slip, it probably wouldn't have been right to the linebacker. Right to the linebacker, but there was the linebacker here, corner here, corner here, so it's likely picked anyway. But it wouldn't have been thrown right to him. Right. Um, something that he needs to work on. Uh, footing is, is a big part, and um, he, he was a pitcher, and I mean he should know pretty much how to do footing. It's it's not, you know. Uh, when you have experience pitching and playing quarterback for a while, you should get that down. So hopefully yeah. something that Bruce Arians can work with him as well. Exactly. And, uh, you know, we can talk about Jameis Winston, and, and I can throw all of these positive stats and grades at you that really don't mean anything, but I'm also not going to be the first person to say that he doesn't make mistakes and have bad games. One of the biggest things everyone talks about that he needs to fix is those turnovers and kind of piggybacking off of what you had said about, you know, the defense in particular. If Jameis can't do his job and not only put points on the board, but keep the ball from getting turned over, that's how that's how you wear out a defense pretty quickly, especially in a series where they just got off of a long series, maybe a scoring drive, and then you go out and throw another interception in bad field territory. That's not going to do anyone any favors. So let's hope that can get turned around. It goes um, hand, you know, it goes hand in hand. A lot of people could say, well, the defense has been horrible, and Winston. He puts up 31 points. He loses 35-31. It's true that there has been games like that, right? Uh, think back to 2017, the Buffalo game, right? Um, Winston played fantastic and couldn't get it done. The Atlanta game in 2017, Winston played fantastic, couldn't get it done. Um, there, there's, you know, um, I'm sure I'm missing out on a few games this year, but um, the Atlanta game this year, yeah. The last game of the year, played fantastic, couldn't get it done. The Atlanta game, week six, played fantastic, couldn't get it done. But also, it's not the defense has to get stopped, which would help Winston, right? But also, just like you said, Winston's turnovers sometimes put the defense in a horrific position, and they just can't recover. Yeah. You know? And the biggest thing the Bucks can't do, they have to stop playing catch-up. You, you can't be down 17 points at 20 points at halftime and then come back to make it within three with three minutes left and hope for, you know, somebody to make a thumb mistake on the other team. You can't do that. 
Well, something yeah. else this Bucks team has to get away from as well is what we saw in the Cleveland game last year, in the second New Orleans game last year, when we almost swept New Orleans. Mm. Up until halftime, he thought the Bucks pretty much had it into the bag. I don't remember the score of the game going into halftime, but I know Four. the Bucks had a two-possession lead. I think it was 14-3. That's enough to build off of. Yeah. All you've got to do and is just secure you your remember, spot in you the remember. second half, and they couldn't do that. If you remember, the Saints, their first possession in the second half, it was a strip fumble by Carl Nassib, and the Bucks got the ball back. They couldn't get a touchdown, had to settle for three, and Santos missed the field goal. So um, that was a, a huge thing. Um, obviously, the kicking has to be improved. The kicking, I believe the kicking was improved towards the end of last year. Um, I'm not as worried about the kicking situation as some others are now. I have much more confidence in Santos and Matt Gay than I did Catanzaro or Nick Folk or uh, Roberto Aguayo. So, yeah. um, I mean, the Bears are going through that right now. Um, they just they just released the kicker that they signed and they trade for Eddie Pinero. So they got like three different kickers still. I, I think one of my favorite things that I've heard from Bears training camp so far was they brought out three kickers. I don't remember the name of the kickers. And they had all of them line up for, I think, a 46-yarder. They all missed, right? And they all missed. And the only comment that I saw from Barry's head coach was uh, he basically said, I feel the same way you do right now. <laughs> so I like to think the kicking troubles are behind us. I yeah. definitely do. We know that Jason Light has always really been attracted to a strong leg, and I think in Matt Gay we've got that. Let's hope he just doesn't Roberto Aguayo it come the start of the season, right? And right now Matt Gay is – Sort of winning that job, just based on what I've been reading and what I've been observing. Um, I mean, Matt Gay's only missed a handful when they, they do the drills. Kyra Santos misses a few. Um, the real thing is going to be preseason games, though. That, that's when the jobs will be won or lost, pretty much. Right, right. Uh, preseason games. So, you got four. I would, I would probably expect the Bucks to try to split it up as much as they can. Uh, in the first probably two games, probably. So hopefully the offense can put up enough points to where or put them in a position where the kicker is needed. Um, so I think they'll try to split up in the first two games. After the first two games, they'll probably have a preference and then kick that one a little bit more in the third game and then maybe have the, the second-place guy get one more shot in, in the fourth game. So uh, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, hopefully for the Bucks' sake, uh, you know, if the defense improves a little bit, the kicking situation improves, and Winston stops the turnovers, this team, um, this team should be fine. But that's they say three, eight games. That's, that's three things, and and that's a pretty big ask. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I want to say eight games, eight to nine games. I know I've kind of tossed the number around between eight and ten games here on the show. Uh, uh, I say uh, sixteen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean. I think they can make it happen. That schedule is rough, but I don't know. Maybe they can make it happen. Take make a look what? at that. What happened? Make make what happen? Eight wins. Oh, I, th I thought you were talking about 16. I think no. Oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I love this team just as much as anyone, but 16 wins. I, I mean, I'll eat my shorts here on an episode of CFP if they win 16 games. I'll say that right now. Okay? I will. You can, if they go, if, if they if they win if they win more than 10 games, I will. If they, so if they win 11 games or more, 
I you, you can tell me to put anything in a blender, I'll do it and drink it. Are you serious? So even if they go ten and six and win a playoff game, that's still that doesn't meet the blending criteria for you. No, they had to win eleven regular season games. That's a tough ask. I hope they can do that. I really want to see that. I've got some yeah. interesting ideas for some smoothies you can try out. To go eleven and five or better. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. If the Buccaneers win 16 games, I will eat my shorts. And if the Bucks win 11 games, Evan will drink whatever you want him to. So uh, so we'll definitely keep that idea open. Oh, man, I hope you're not eating your words here in eight months. Mm, I, I, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen. So let's get to our last segment of the day. Uh, as we've mentioned before, things are really, really slow in the National Football League right now. You've kind of got that last wave of free agency looming. There's still some guys that could be signed. Uh, but let's look a little bit more ahead, and let's look at something that hits home for a lot of people who listen to this show, especially myself. That's fantasy football. Fantasy draft season is coming up. We are getting closer and closer to it. I'm sure people already have their draft parties planned out, where they're going to do it, how they're going to do it. So we're going to talk about that here today. But what we're going to talk about or some fantasy football sleepers from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that you or your buddies may not think about drafting. Now, Evan, I figure we just kind of toss this back and forth. I want to throw a name out there that's probably going to be on your list, that's probably going to be on everybody's list. So he is probably the least sleeper sleeper on this list, if that makes any sense. Uh, but big O.J. Howard. I would take him as my first tight end, to be quite frank with you. Yeah, all depending on who's on the board. Yeah, I mean, he'll probably go uh, tight end. Typically, don't go that early. So anywhere from rounds like four to eight, probably. Um, that's when the tight ends get drafted. So I'd say Howard will probably be, I would say, the third or fourth tight end taken. Um, I, I believe that if you have a chance to, to draft Travis Kelsey, I would draft Travis Kelsey over Howard. Um Zach Arts might be drafted before Howard. And then you might get into O.J. Howard or, um, excuse me, uh, there, I mean, there's a few other guys. Kyle Rudolph's good, but I, I wouldn't draft him before O.J. Howard. This um, might be my bias coming out here, but I would draft O.J. before Zach Ertz. I don't know. It, it's, Zach Ertz gets a lot of receptions. Um, the only a lot problem of points. Is, yeah, the, well, the only problem, O.J. gets more touchdowns and Zach Ertz gets more receptions, so we'll see. Um, but Philly also has a lot more weapons this year, so so who knows. Um, one, of, one of my sleepers is, um, you know, he might actually, if you're in need of like a like a flex, kind of, Rashad Perryman might put up some flashy stats this year. And I'm not talking about for a full 16-game season, but I feel like there's going to be two or three games where he does really well um, this season. And I'm not saying the Bucs are going to win those games, but I think he could put up 10 to 15 points for you if you need him. Um, but just got to see how he's used, really. Yeah, but but the, the real guy that I'm, I'm focused on right now is Ronald Jones. Um, I feel like I, like... In some leagues, Ronald Jones might go undrafted, and if he does, you should absolutely pick him up um, because he's going to get more opportunities this year, and hopefully the offensive line is improved. Uh, but he should probably go 
anywhere from like rounds like eight to I don't know how many rounds you know normally do, but what is it like fifteen or something? Fourteen? Yeah, I think normally fifteen. Yeah, he'll go anywhere from like probably like eight to like fifteen. Like it's like a wide range, but realistically, I think like a lot of people are gonna be looking at me like, yeah, if he's in like the twelfth round, I'll pick him. And if if you're sitting there in the tenth round or so in the eleventh round. And you possibly need a backup running back, or you might need a flex guy. I would pick Ronald Jones. Yeah, and something else to think, something else to think about too, with how Ronald Jones is going to be used. This is a year uh, we pretty much know he's he's going to be force fed the ball, like he's going to get the ball no matter what. And I think that's yeah. something uh, consistency wise. If you want that, you know, if he's getting twenty carries a game, that's going to translate to something. Even if he's not your starter. Um, but then you think about how he could possibly break out. I, I think our buddy Trevor Sycamore said it on Twitter the other day. Uh, he was looking at some O.J. Howard film from when he was in at USC. When he had room to run, OJ when, Howard. He, when he had something going on, he was gone. Like it was, you know, he made the play. And I know the NFL is a much different capacity than college football, especially if you play for USC. But... I don't know, man. I think we're going to see something from him this year that's going to change a lot of people's minds. You have O.J. Howard on the mind, or what's up? Why, what's up? You said uh, he was watching some O.J. Howard take from USC. Did I say O.J. Howard? I meant to say Ronald Jones. I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe I do keep thinking about O.J. Howard. (laughs) (laughs) He's tough to forget about, you know? I was Uh, watching. I actually saw a a play pop up the other day, his touchdown against Philly. Dude, take a look at how quickly he comes off the line at the start of the play. Like, he, his first step is a tight end, and just how quick he is. Oh, my God, dude. I know, you know, I think if I have to make a rough comparison to any other tight end, I think he looks a lot like George Kittle in the sense that he's just, he's pretty fast. Really good, yeah. Yeah. George Kittle's yeah. another name. I mean, he's not a Bucks player, but if he's not taken in your first top five tight ends... Mm-hmm. He's yep. he's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. He he. Well, he should be taking the top five tight end. Um, yeah. yeah, he's good. Uh, yeah. So Ronald Jones, I'm not saying he's gonna light the world on fire, but um, I I do believe that uh, you know he's gonna do just fine. And I mean, he he might not at first. I wouldn't expect immediate results, but as the season progresses, I feel like he's gonna get uh, more touches. So. No, I got you. So I've got one more fantasy sleeper for everybody, and I'm sure if you've got one more or a few more, you can toss those. Not toss them, but toss them out here in a second. Um, And I'm going out on a limb to say this. I am putting my reputation and my credibility on the line, not to say that I had any before. I think that's what you're doing. I think I know what you're doing. Go ahead. I think you know what I'm doing, too. Uh, Not your first choice. Not going to be your first choice. This is going to be what you keep on the bench. When your starters have a bye week. I think the Buccaneers defense as a whole. Yep. <laughs> I think the Bucks defense as a whole yep, got it right. could see. I, I mean, we've seen some improvement where we've needed to see some improvement. You found your replacement in Quan Alexander with arguably he hasn't played a snap. So you can't say a better player. But Devin White, who could very well fit into this system a lot better than Quan ever could have. Mm-hmm. Of course, that can't be proven because we're not going to see him play in this system. But... I think he's going to do some great things. I think it's going to help them rush the quarterback much, much more. This is a younger secondary, but
But even with a bad secondary last year, we saw one game where Cam Newton threw four interceptions. Mm-hmm. Andrew Adams caught three of them. Yeah. So this unit as a whole, they're not going to be breaking any defensive records. They're not going to be a Buccaneers 2002 Super Bowl defense. But I think they're going to be a reliable backup if and when you need it because uh, I think they could do some great things, especially last year. Uh, Mark Duffner basically took the reins second half of the season after Mike Smith was fired. They stepped it up a little bit. There were still some areas they needed help, but I think they stepped it up in terms of sack, uh, sacks. And, I mean, turnovers. Like, the Buccaneers, I believe, week six, when Mike, after week six when Mike Smith was fired, where they have two turnovers, three turnovers, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think this is a unit that could be a reliable backup. Uh, what do you think? Did I did I steal your uh, your next pick? No, I mean it's it's a risk. It, it definitely is. Um, yeah, not as I big of a risk as drafting Le'Veon Bell first overall last season. And even bigger risk to reject my trade offer. Um, I offered you a fair contract too, and you said no. I I think he's going back. He said all right. That's why I hate him even more now. Like I I. I don't hate him as a person. I kind of see what he did, even though he took less money to run with New York. Even That's exactly what he said he wouldn't do one time. Uh, but I think I, I have that animosity towards him for screwing me over in fantasy last year. I think I only won one game. So if anybody uh, deserves the big shiny belt that says worst fantasy player, it's probably me right now. Hey, I didn't do that good either. So uh, one, more, one more player I'll put. I mean, sort of obvious but kind of forgotten i guess is cameron bray um like i said he's james winston's one of james winston's fair red zone targets um best believe that in the red zone cameron bray's gonna probably be in there sometimes and uh james winston is gonna look to him an awful lot so um i believe that, that cameron bray could could score you as a backup tight end if you need somebody on a buy he's gonna be available in the ninth tenth eleventh round um, if you need somebody to score, you know, eight, nine points, ten points, I believe that Cameron Brate would be able to do it. Um, so, but also, guys, uh, our fantasy draft probably coming up in about like a month and a half or so, maybe. Um, we normally do it the late July, early August. Um, so, what will happen is I create a league. It is run by me. I it's me, Rhett, and probably do ten teams. I think so. Eight other, eight other Bucks fans uh, get to be in this league, and just it's for fun. It's no money. It's on NFL.com. And what we'll do is during the draft, we will live stream the actual draft. So you'll be able to see. Like if you want, if you want to go back on the channel here and go see where Rhett made that mistake of drafting Le'Veon Bell. Oh, you can. You can see it in all of its glory. He's seven twenty p as well. Yeah, full HD. Yeah, you, you can you can uh, you can go back and watch that, and um, yeah. So we're gonna be doing the same exact thing this year, live streaming the draft. Uh, we're gonna make make our picks, and then it will just be us explaining our picks, and it'll be live reaction from us. So um, somebody goes bonkers and picks the Buccaneers defense in the second round, it'll it'll probably be a wrap, but um, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I'll play uh, the fifth on that one. <laughs> uh, Rhett, you you should do something if if the Buccaneers if the Buccaneers defense finishes top ten in fantasy scoring, you should do something like I'm doing. Oh, that's rough. Um, 
I'll have to brainstorm that one. Maybe next week on the show I can come up with something I can commit to. But right now on the spot, I'll I'll end up picking something that's like really, really dumb and I'm going to regret doing. Which I'm sure <laughs> blending up anything of your choice and drinking it is probably... <laughs> I might, instead, I might give the fans a choice. I, I might put out like a, like a poll or something of what they want me to do. You got to keep something in mind, man. It's going to be entertaining. But yeah. ladies and gentlemen, like Evan said, that Cannon Fire podcast fantasy draft is going to be coming up. Uh, once the information is all released, make sure you guys get on it. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, and we always do the draft here live on YouTube. So your picks will be live and you can join us. And uh, hopefully we won't tell anybody who to pick like we did a few years ago. I don't remember. I, I want to say it was... Uh, I want to say it was King D white on Instagram. We like told him who to pick and he ended up picking him anyways. So I, I remember I literally like I got drew Brees from like Matt Ryan and like a shout out on Instagram. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I remember that. So speaking of shout outs before we get out of here for the day, I do have some shout outs. I've got to do first and foremost bucks planet on Instagram. That is B U C S P L A N E T. And then my buddy Austin Buchanan. Surprisingly enough, me and Austin went to elementary school together, and we've kind of reconnected these past few years thanks to social media. But you can follow him at NotAustinB17, N-O-T-A-U-S-T-I-N-B-1-7. Now you might be asking yourself, why the hell is he shouting out these random people? Uh, And let me tell you, that's because Creative Loafing Tampa Bay has a contest called Best of the Bay. And right now, nominations are open where you can vote for literally anything you want you have a best local restaurant best local radio show best local podcast make sure you head over to creative loafing tampa bay and nominate cannon fire podcast i'm shouting these guys out because they sent me the information where they voted for us and uh, i really appreciate that so make sure you get those nominations in i believe they close june 26th that is creative loafing tampa bay and uh Make sure you get that going there, because to win Best of the Bay, Best Local Podcast would be really, really awesome. So, I don't think I have anyone else to shout out. With that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cannon Fire Podcast. Um, Whether you are watching with video on YouTube or BucksReport.com, like I said last week, I don't have the paper in front of me, so it's hard to, like, remember the the script here. (laughs) Um, you can follow the show on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. All of those are Cannon Fire Podcast. Twitter is just Cannon Fire Pod, but a lot of great content as well over there. Make sure you check out our buddies at BucksReport.com for some of the best coverage in the game. And last but not least, let me shout out our sponsors, the East Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Youth Football, East Bay Buccaneers, probably the best team in the league right now located in Riverview, Florida. Registration is still open for them. So they offer full-contact football teams for ages 5 to 14 and not full-contact cheerleading, but they offer cheerleading squads for ages 5 to 15. So make sure you check that out if you're looking for something good for your kid this fall. Uh, definitely a great way to go, eastbaybucks.org. What were you saying, Evan? Probably, probably the best football team in the whole state of Florida. Oh, yeah, no doubt. These, This is a team that, I mean, they have an age group that goes to the Super Bowl every single year and wins it. Like, this is, even when I was growing up, when I was in elementary school and I had friends who played for the East Bay Buccaneers, they were constantly undefeated. So if you're looking for something good for your kids this fall, make sure you hook that up. Registration is still open as far as I know. 
The teams are filling up fast, so make sure you go check that out. But ladies and gentlemen, that's just about it. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. We'll see you next week or maybe the week after that whenever content picks up. But again, thank you guys for listening. Without further ado, I am Rhett, signing off for Evan. We'll catch you next time. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.